Good day, I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Well, you I mean, you know this show is like a master class in world geography, right? Because we've got what 4000 events all around the world. And I'm slowly talking to the organizers of all of them. And I want you to meet Lolo, who is with TEDx Habarone. And uh, I'm going to have you go look that up because it's G-A-B-O-R-O-N-E. And it is the capital of Botswana in South Africa. And Lolo, I, I am not going to try to do justice to your last name. It is a beautiful name when you say it, and it's terrible when I say it. Why don't you say hi to the folks? Hi, everyone. My name is Lolo. Uh, my full name is Homolimo Lolo Madiketla. And just a slight point of correction, um, I'm not in South Africa. Um, I'm in Botswana, which is a neighboring country to South Africa. My mistake. I, we were talking about South Africa before the show. I have that on the brain. But you, you're right on the border, right? You're just north. Is that correct? We're in the central part of Southern Africa, just above. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Well, again, see, this is why this is a class in geography. Well, welcome to the show. I, um, I was, you know, in doing my research, I was um, first off thrilled and surprised because we were going to talk months ago and you sent us a message and you said, I'm sorry, I can't be on the show, but I'm in the ICU at the hospital. And I couldn't believe that you took time to uh, thank you for that. Um, but we're finally getting a conversation. I understand you're, you're well now. And there's so much to talk about because you, you have, you did, uh, you were on the team at uh, Ted global, right? last in 2017 is that right yes um i was invited onto the friends of ted which is the advisory board of ted global 2017 and i later was invited to join the other curators um as a onstage host it was an absolute delight and honor you got to be a host tell me about that Okay, I love being in the back scene. I'm used to being organizing, <laughs> you know, putting stuff together, mashing things up. And when I got the invitation, I actually just said, you know what? Um, it's it's freaking scary, um, <laughs> but it's an awesome opportunity to learn and to grow. So you know what? I'm gonna go and do it. And well, so, what's your day job, Lolo? My day job, um, I'm a chartered marketer, currently in the financial services sector, um, focusing on corporate investment banking. Um, I do do various type of things um, that includes uh, mentoring entrepreneurs in the continent through a program called the Tony Elumelu Foundation. 
Um, I lecture marketing management to startups um, in South Africa um, at an amazing um, institution um, called the West Center of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And I'm also, what I do part-time, I'm the country ambassador for the Women's Entrepreneurship Day, which is a not-for-profit which with a um, headquartered in New York and in about 150 countries. So, oh yeah, and I'm a mom. That's my job. <laughs> you're a mom. So, so tell me, uh, you know, what's interesting in talking to all of you organizers is you're all very, very busy very well accomplished, very smart, very educated. Yet we all managed to find a thousand hours extra to do our TEDx event. How do you do that? And and a mom, how, how does that work? <laughs> um, that's when you really love something, you actually don't see it as um, a mandatory job. You don't see it as, um, you know, coerced effort required of you. You don't even see the hours go by. Um, one thing for sure, TED, TEDx, it, it, it consumes you in a good way. Um, and it's really about having the right people around you, people that understand what this means to you and having an incredible team. Um, no, no TEDx is ever about the organizer or the co-organizer. It's really about the remarkable team you always have around. So um, there was one of the things I noticed, and I don't know if you were involved, but the TEDx Kakuma camp, which was the first TEDx in a refugee camp. And I know that was in Africa. Were you at all involved in that last year? No, I wasn't. I followed it very closely. Um, and it was, it was really incredible. Um, it just so happens that Dana Hughes, who was the organizer of, of TEDx Kakuma Camp, um, was my roommate. Whoa, in, no. That was so, just so weird. He, she was my roommate in San Francisco when I attended the first TED Women. And we were just talking about it then. It must have been, what, 2016? 20, yeah, 2016. Yeah, 2016, yeah. And yeah, years later, it culminated into, you know, came into fruition. And it was really, really incredible just to hear those stories come out of the refugee camp. It, it just goes to talk to, you know, to explain the beauty of storytelling and the power of sharing, irregardless of geography. There was a conversation I had just uh, last week on the show about the connections we make as organizers as we go to these events around the world, whether it's summit or fest or women or, you know, any, any one of these events, we all tend to, to meet one another and hang out because we have something in common. And the feeling seems to be that the, the bond we have as organizers feels a little stronger than the other bonds we have with other people we work with. Would you agree with that? <laughs> I'll definitely say when you have notes to exchange from experience and you're able to be vulnerable um, with one another and share your shortcomings, that's when you really understand the power of um, having a community um, of organizers, co-organizers. I remember that 
um, my first experience as a, actually my second, was still in San Francisco, the workshop be held for TEDx organizers before the main conference. And it was at that meeting that people opened up about challenges and things that you thought were just your challenges were actually very common denominators. And that kind of, it relieves you um, of a certain burden that you think, oh my gosh, I'm really, really not doing things right. And you really get to learn and don't have to rewrite certain things. So yeah, I think it's really, really powerful. The, um, I think we're on uh, episode 70 now of this show. And so that's, you know, almost 70 hours of conversations where a lot of what is interesting to me are the shortcomings. Like what are the challenges? What's hard? And, and we have these, you know, very, very um, honest conversations with one another. It just so happens there's a bunch of people listening <laughs> on the other end and they love it because they, we all uh, commiserate and we learn from it and we share ideas. And I know, so many people write and say, listen, Mark, I, I learned so much from the show and we have, my whole team listens and we, we learn from one another. Because what I, what I love is that even though you're literally on the other side of the world from me, um, we have very similar challenges to run a, run, running our event. So I wanna, I wanna get into a few of those. Now, I know that you've been, you've been to Global, you've been to Women, uh, you were a TED Exchange scholar, and that's was that how you got to TED Women? Tell me about that. Yes, I, that is how I got. Um, so there was an opportunity to apply for a scholarship. Um, uh, I remember that we just had conversation uh, through one of the organizers, uh, TEDx Johannesburg organizers, Kelo Kubu. Um, also had a chat with with, with my partner. Uh, who's the organizer of TEDx Gaborone, Roshma Bolo. And you know, they were like, look, there's this opportunity. Why don't you just give it a shot? Um, and then I, I went for it. I really just dove in. And lo and behold, I was awarded a scholarship. And I'm, I'm, to date, I'm great, greatly humbled by it. So, What an amazing yeah. adventure. Had you been to San Francisco before? Never. I've never been to the United States of America before. Oh, <laughs> Wow, what a great city to have as your first. It's either either there or New York City. Um, as much as I love my town of Santa Barbara, I think if it's the first time in the U.S., either one of those are going to be pretty spectacular. Um, the skyline when you fly in is is absolutely amazing uh, at both of those cities. And, and no disrespect to any of the other 4,000 cities that I, I will eventually be talking to, but those are two pretty great ones. Tell me... Um, What's the the um, the penetration or the visibility of TEDx there in your region? Like, how many hours do you have to drive to get to the another TEDx? TEDx Khaburuni is the only TEDx, or well, has been the only TEDx in the country. Oh, uh -huh. yes, our TEDx has been the debut. TEDx, the first and has been the only one in the country. And then how many years have you been doing this? Since 2015. Okay, okay. And so um, 
And do you draw an audience from outside of your country? Because I know you're you're right on the border, aren't you, with South Africa? So do you African. draw? Definitely. Um, look, we 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 do attend TEDx Johannesburg. Um, my partner has attended um, TEDx Maputo, um, which is in Mozambique, uh, and we. We have had a, a regional organizers workshop, which included Namibia, Mozambique, South Africa, Botswana. Um, I can't remember the others, but quite a number of countries in the in the Southern African region, um, which was quite amazing. So when we do when we have our events, normally it will be South Africa and a little bit of Zimbabwe. Because the speaks even the speaker profile includes mainly mainly Botswana or Botswana um, citizens, um, but we also also had people from Zimbabwe and other parts of the continent and the rest of the world. So help me understand, and and by extension our listener understand, you you're very very connected into the entrepreneurial community, the startup community, the. I don't know. I, I'm not going to necessarily say that's technology because entrepreneurs can be in a lot of different fields. Um, where do you find the talent to bring to the stage, and and how um, how long does it take you to find people? I mean, do you have more to pick from than you could imagine, or is it is it a challenge? Um, I'd say the number one thing is curiosity. Um, we're very curious, um, both myself and and uh, my partner who's the organizer. And th that by itself makes you reach out and have quite uh, a network, um, eventually quite a database. And this will fall outside of our normal zones. This will fall into technology and innovation um, it very, in very critical in very critical spaces, and because you are curious and we have a deep understanding of what is needed or the critical issues um, at play in our country as well as in the region, it it's it's very compelling um, to ensure that the type of speakers that come to the stage are not only you know not only creative. Um, you know, technological geniuses, but are, are, are relevant, are relevant to, to, to key topics. We have to touch issues of, of poverty. We have to touch issues on the Africa continent, but we also have to touch on what is happening in the entire world, which is really around the fourth industrial revolution. Um, so it's, it's, it takes a while for us to, to have a full um, list of ideal speakers. Some are people we've known at, and have watched from a distance and I, I have seen that evolution and we thought they're ready, they're ready for to give a TEDx talk. Um, others, it just goes to, you know, pushes us to research more and do cold calls and say, look, we have a TEDx coming up and do you know what a TEDx is and do you, do you have appetite to be a part of this? Yeah. You know, I'm curious, um, that, that question you said, um, do you know what a TEDx is? What I've heard from other organizers in, you know, uh, Western Europe, 
that what surprises them is that TEDx is not known. It's not generally known uh, around the world. As much as we live and breathe TED and a billion views and all of those kinds of statistics, it still very much feels like we're at the beginning. And we're 10 years into this. So have people heard about TED and TEDx and they already know about it. They've watched talks on the internet. I believe there's room to get even more awareness. Um, the first year when we did our TEDx, it was, we were gobsmacked. Um, I guess because we were so passionate about it initially, we just thought everybody else must know about this phenomenon. <laughs> uh, it became all starry-eyed, totally excited about about bringing this to into the city. And we had to also just take a few steps back and learn how to introduce it and, and teach about it. Um, even when we were doing, uh, reaching out to people regarding TED Global, which is, you know, there were many incredible opportunities for, for the local and regional players, we still had to do more education around it. So I believe we should never come to a point of complacency. And I believe TEDx or TED brand is different stages um, of awareness in different parts of the world. Um, so I'm definitely for increased awareness around TEDx. Does your, um, the work that you do, your specialty is in marketing. How does that help you with your event? It helped a great deal. Um, and, and I, I believe, yes, um, my background is brand marketing, communications, um, very much eventing, conferencing, uh, good database, um, lead generation, and so forth. But that, there's only but one component of, of, of what makes, um, what brings your TEDx to life. Um, my partner has incredible strengths. Um, He's not a last minute person. So everything has to be done well in time. And this is, this is a really, really good kind of discipline. Um, you know, uh, very calculated, very analytical, very research-based. Um, so that really adds uh, a robust component in terms of our content and the quality of what we bring, which is now people already trust the TEDx brand because they know that we're not gonna be waffling in front of them. We're going to bring, be bringing quality um, in front of them. So, so the good thing is that both myself and my partner, we have a, a deep passion for storytelling. And that, that, that comes to play when I, I market or I talk about um, TEDx to different people, but it also comes into play when he's doing curation, um, mainly leading that comment with the speakers. So it's, Yes, my marketing um, plays a role, but I believe uh, his strengths um, play a critical, critical part of, of, you know, bringing everything together. And then what we do normally is the bringing the, the rest of the team, the volunteers, um, they bring in incredible, incredible components that, that complement um, what we have, that add where we don't have good, good backgrounds. And it just comes out into a, a lovely, um, you know, mixed bag. Yeah. Have you been able to keep, so you're going into your fifth year. Um, have you been able to keep 
much the same crew from the very beginning or do you have turnover? Very much the same. Um, must have been about one or two. Some, some really because they got scholarships and went to study abroad um, and that type of thing. But the people who've been involved from the beginning in, in terms of the core team, we, I think we started with about uh, 10 or so in the first year. And the last one was about 30. It's really been the same people. They are eager and they come in at different parts because we have different strengths. There are people who are good at conceptualization. So they'll be like, no, let's, let's brainstorm on this. That people who are good at working with speakers through workshops and have the patience to run around. But those who are really good the day before. <laughs> and we've, we've come to understand that is their strength. They just you know, become magical and they do things that you would have thought, but they really want to only come at the far end. So it took a while to understand that, but we really capitalize on people's different strengths and they really make up the team. They make up what TEDx is. It is. You started off the conversation saying it, was, it was, wasn't about the organizers, about the team. And I hear that over and over and over again. And I couldn't agree with you more. It was interesting what you said, though, about the, the knowing... Uh, not only what the skills are, but where they fit in the timeline. We have a guy who runs the, the volunteers the, that week of, and he's not as interested in the other 11 months. But boy, that he, you don't want anybody else on the job. You know, he's got the walkie-talkie and he's got his team. And his team of four, he has four people. They feel like they're everywhere, but they manage all the volunteers and you just let him go do that. And he makes it happen. And, and uh, it's one of the things about the, the TEDx experience uh, for an organizer who, who likes to lead people and build teams. It's, it's this really interesting thing where it's not really an event. It's an organization that has an event. And we do all of this work to curate all of these various pieces of the experience, the audience, the speakers, working with all volunteers, you know, all of that. I love that. Uh, what is it? Um, you, I, I think I can answer this question, but what is it that makes your TEDx unique to your location as much that TEDx is the same in our format and our the way we do things. How do you give it that that Botswanan flavor? Okay, um, the last two themes of our events. Uh, the first one was imagine a better world. Mm. Twenty fifteen, and then twenty seventeen was transcendence. I believe the infusion of purpose and meaning. In, in all the in in our TEDx is, is is really really important, and it comes out in our in the feedback. People feel that sense of 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 purposefulness um, from 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 the content, and um, I believe our storytelling philosophy um, just at at all times making sure that the audience is our hero. Uh, that inculcated in the speakers as they prepare their content, that it's, it's not about them on stage, um, but it's about the gift that they're, they're giving the audience, the heart they're leaving on the stage. 
people feel that we have a very discerning audience, extreme discerning audience, extremely, um, you know, very, very well-traveled, very, very understanding of what's happening in the rest of the world. And you, you, don't, you just don't take chances. You really come with full conviction when you, when you step on the stage and we don't compromise our content. Um, we're adamant about workshopping our speakers and people feel that. People, it's re I think at, if at all times you keep the audience um, or the guests, not only the ones in the room, but the ones that will follow online as your priority, you don't waver in what it is that you're bringing forth. And I believe it's just the rich diversity and inclusiveness is, 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 is people see that, people feel that. Um, and I'm not only talking gender balance, I'm talking, um, you know, just the, 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 the varying demographics, uh, the countries of origin, the people will have, you know, having people who are living with disabilities on stage. Um, 2017, we had a, a woman who was blind. Absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Um, and I, I think also just our venue selections is people are drawn to that. The first time we had it at our, at a convention center, which was at a, like a, like a four or five star hotel. But it was, it was it was very intimate in terms of setup, but a very well organized kind of venue. And the last one was held at oldest theater in the country mm. that has hosted the most amazing, just most remarkable performances. Um, hosted both local and international acts um, across all sorts of genres within the performance performing arts, and, and people there's that cultural. Um, connection um, in terms of creativity um, as people step into aesthetics. You, um, I had a quick question uh, just about population. How big? How big is your event? Our event, our first one was hundred people, and then sure. our last one was just over three hundred. Okay. Yes. It it feels like there's the whole world of hundred person events until they manage to get to a TED so that they can take the population cap off. And then I, th I'm, I think my guess is because of venue size, when theaters, performing arts theaters, we go from like 250 to 450. There's a whole universe of events that are about that size. And then there's the 1200 to 1800, again, larger performing arts centers. And then there's the big mega events like you know, uh, Sao Paulo and then, you know, the 10,000 and all of that. So I'm a, I am happen to be a fan of the 300 person uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> for us, I, um, I take them on stage and I, I have them look at the last row and I said, you can see everybody in the last row and you can make a connection with every single person in this theater. It's not so big. And to your point, which I really love your storytelling philosophy where the audience is the hero. I think that's going to be my takeaway. My, one of my big takeaways from this conversation is that gift that they're giving to the audience. And that's, that's, I don't think that that is a concern for most public speaking or most public speakers. 
I'm going to go tell my, give my talk, sell my product, do my thing, whatever it is. But the TED platform is about an idea worth spreading. And it's not about the person, it's about the idea. And I love the way you phrase that as the gift that they give the audience. Um, so tell me in a sentence, because I want to capture this, uh, for when you're, uh, you've got your cohort of speakers there and you're welcoming them and you're telling them about the philosophy. Can you explain the storytelling philosophy, what you said to me in a sentence or two, as if you were introducing your speakers to it for the first time? Well, we thank you very much for honoring the TEDx platform and choosing TEDx to come and share your remarkable story. We know that what you will bring is not only a wealth of knowledge and um, incredible research backing up what it is that you're going to be sharing, which is your unique idea or unique perspective on a particular idea, um, but understand that this is about sharing. You're sharing an idea that is spreading. And what spreads is what comes from the heart. What spreads is what is real, authenticity, vulnerability, that that is something that your audience will discern. So make sure what make sure that in your entire journey as you prepare this, you avoid being tripped by pride and ego and making this a conventional um, type of talking or presenting or, or lecturing. This is about having fun on stage, but understanding that this is your unique gift that only you can give in your own dynamic manner. Um, we encourage you to not only step up, you know, 200%, but bring your heart on stage and leave that as a legacy. I love that. That is, um, that's spectacular. And I, um, I would encourage our, especially our, our, listeners who they're just doing their first event or they're getting ready to do their first event, that that is really heartfelt. And that's, that's important that they know that because a lot of the people that get that we have on our stages, they are, they're accomplished, right? They, they have done public speaking, but this is, this is different. This is, and then, and they all tell us that, and I'm sure they tell you that, that this, this journey to the red circle is, is very different. Um, what, now that you've been doing this for a while, you've seen some major events, I mean, youth and, I mean, the TED at Women and Global, what, what continues to surprise you about TEDx? What surprises me is that, regardless of how long you've kept people in the room and you actually feel a bit bad because it's been back-to-back -back, um, talks, people usually want more. People want an opportunity to be connect, connecting. And you're like, okay, well, it, folks. <laughs> and we'll just one more, which, which shows us that the manner in which TEDx is structured, um, the, the way that you'll, you'll theme or, or cluster your different talks, it actually works in terms of hitting the left and the right side of the brain and leave people actually supercharged. Um, that's that's usually quite a surprise. Oh, one of the surprises. Do you? Um, I know we pay attention to this. Tell tell 
our our listener who is maybe just doing their first one or they're trying to get better at it how do you when your you and your partner are putting together the day of show you know what the speakers are you know what the energy is you know what the ideas are you look at that holistically and you're now crafting the flow of the day emotionally so that even though like you said people are going to want more do you have some let's let's call this some advice on how to put those talks back to back to back um my partner usually leads that um as he leads uh, the curation part of the of the eventing but it's really your start and your finish are critical they are, they are absolutely you really have to go through it means shuffling around three four times so be it but you can't go wrong with your opening talk and your closing talk but the manner in which we, we then um create the lineup it's through clustering the different talks so it'll be a cluster where it's more a thematic cluster so it'll be sub themed within so it'll be sub themed such that um within each there'll be maybe one uh creative performance in 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 each as opposed to putting all the artists together putting all the scientists together because what it does it then makes it very um very predictable and it becomes very heavy to someone's capacity to to take content in and earlier on I spoke about how people are very supercharged at the end of the event it's because what we do you you want to have you want to target the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain so one one component or one cluster will be focusing on um this type of approach um very maybe very maybe very a uh, provocative type of issues um then the other one will be um maybe more societal issues um you know and then the other one may maybe maybe be touching on more humor more more yeah just it's it's just that the diversity is very very important and you can't afford to be predictable you can't afford people to say oh okay we'll only come for the third session it should be in such a way that everybody wants to be at all the sessions cuz normally people don't have that much time <laughs> we do yeah. you do a full day show we do full day this has been a, a constant debate for us since 2010 uh, we don't publish our agenda we put the speakers up but we don't publish the agenda until the day of and then it shows up uh, on the posters and it shows up on the back of their badge we have the agenda there because i don't want I don't want people to make a decision we uh, based on what they think a talk is going to be about because you know you do the best you can do to to uh put the title and a little bit of a description but it's never does it justice to the the, the actual delivery of the talk and I having you know been going to TED for 25 years I you know i i want to go and just be open to all of it i don't want to miss a thing but i know that people do that so i don't publish hey that's my own tip for folks when some people uh 
do not like that. They completely disagree with me. So that's fair. They can totally disagree with me. What what is the um what's the biggest challenge for you doing a TEDx there in your town? You'll always have challenges such as funding, speaker management, technical ticketing, and so forth and so forth. But I personally believe um the biggest dragon is is just keeping the flame alive. Uh, it's not easy to put to put a TEDx together, and somewhere along the the way, you know, your energies will wither, and and it's tough. It's tough sometimes just to keep it really going, especially when you start um, well in advance. Um, sometimes it's 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 looking dim with with the with key sponsors not 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 stepping up um, at the time that you would have expected them to. And certain speakers maybe not um, being as um, user friendly, uh, lack of a better term. Uh, <laughs> I love the way you said that. I uh, I would love to do a show. This is totally not ever going to happen, listener. But uh, just uh, horror stories of working with speakers. So I love it. You said they're not user friendly. That I we all know exactly what you meant by that. Yeah, we, I mean, speakers are amazing and, and they really bring a lot um, to the table, but sometimes they have their own dynamics and it affects your workflow and could can be frustrating sometimes. So for me, it's just keeping the flame alive um, within the team, um, the leadership team, um, the core volunteers, and just keeping the momentum and the excitement um, as you do this, this is this is not for profit. People are not being paid to do this. And yep. there's a lot that's happening on the ground and keeping somebody committed. I mean, commitment is just, is spelled T-I-M-E at the end of the day. And, you know, for me, it's just keeping the keeping the flame alive. That is something that as 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 a leader, um, you have to put in everything that is required to ensure that you there's momentum, there's drive, there's people are still connected to the purpose and meaning of why you do what you do. Do you think there's something special that you do and your partner does that has helped you? Because you have remarkably low turnover on your team, uh, which is great. And so you you have managed to keep the flame alive. And I, and I get it that that's the biggest challenge is the thing that you pay attention to. Is the, do you think there's something unique that you do? Is it a clear sense of purpose? Is it, uh, some people have said they, they meet uh, as a crew for non-TED related things. So they've become friends. So they're doing things that are not TED related so that they, they have these bonds that tie them together. How do you keep the flame alive? I believe the most important thing about how we approach it is this understanding that we're working with people mm. and our humility. Um, we lead in terms of the hard work. So we don't point fingers and instruct people and, and delegate, but we are not leading. Um, so for me, it's, it's the humility and hard work and, and, and just having the team understand that, you know, the main ingredient to stardom um, or off is really the rest of the team that they make up um, what the TEDx is. And when they understand that the greatest compliment that one can receive is to be counted on, they, they have a sense of 
personal buy-in. They we, no, we don't we don't hang out as friends and and outside of TEDx. We actually want to just focus on TEDx, even with the the WhatsApp groups that will be started. We disband quickly thereafter because we don't want for this fatigue and this burden, some sense of um, overconnection that isn't that necessary. We want them to look forward to our reconnecting and 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 miss that. And it'll normally it'll normally be them asking, so when are we meeting again? What's happening? Um, how far are we? And that's what you want. And and I think when you not only focus on the TEDx as uh, an event um, or a platform for ideas, but a really focus on the people content, you know, component, but and the need for connection as the team. If you build that, you if you build that, and you understand that you're you're building a culture or a subculture, it's very important. I mean, um, I, I read somewhere that culture drives expectations and beliefs. You know, expectations and beliefs drive behavior. Behavior drives habits, and habit creates the future. It all starts with so wonderfully said. I absolutely love that. That's uh, it, it, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you a picture of like my notes so far for the meeting. I've got, and they, 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 they look probably very much like the Wheeler family in TEDx Brisbane, who uh, listens to the show as a family and takes notes. So uh, there's there's so there's so much goodness there. Tell me what your um, when is your next event. So people will listen to this at who knows when they're going to listen to it. So when, when, tell me the date of your next event. We haven't finalized on that, um, but we have been doing TEDxs every two years. Um, every two us, years. It's, it's quality over quantity. We absolutely unwavering about that. Um, putting together an awesome lineup and, and great content for us takes time. And it would be nice to do a salon. Um, so also just having a exploring that. I'm uh, we're we're gonna try salon this year and and see how it goes. I'm excited. I'm I'm just dipping my toe in that water. It's you know as you know the the fatigue and the amount of work and all of those things. So we'll this first year we'll try that and we're gonna do a youth event in 2020. So I know it's it's so much work and everybody my mostly my wife think I am crazy. Um, <laughs> If if we could, um, as we're as we're wrapping up here, if we could uh, turn our red carpet into uh, a magic carpet, where would I fly you around the world to any TEDx? You get to go wherever any TEDx you want. Where where are you going? Um, firstly, I'm very excited. Um, Botswana is about to have first um, TEDx hosted by a university. It's called TEDx University of Botswana. So I'd gladly have the carpet right here in Botswana. Um, next, I'm very excited about another one in our neighbor country um, in the Northwest region. Um, it's called TEDx Mafikeng, uh, which is gonna be awesome. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a part of South Africa that has very similar uh, nuances to Botswana. Um, I'd love to go to TEDx Gateway um, I hear they're going to have a test in a prison. <laughs> um, that that totally excites me. Um, TEDx Hong Kong, TEDx Sao Paulo, uh, TEDx Vienna, TEDx Houston. And I would so love to be at the TEDx Summit in Edinburgh. 
I can't wait. We um, that that was a big commitment uh, of you know time and money and resources and all that for for everybody that's going. Uh, we're really really looking forward to that. I um, <clears throat> we used to go to we you know been going to Monterey, then to Long Beach, then to Vancouver, and then with Ted Fest kind of taking over from Ted Active and becoming this thing just for organizers. I, we just, uh, the two of us decided that we really loved hanging out with other organizers. Obviously I do a podcast with organizers and uh, the summit was a chance to meet um, with people who were you know, the translators, other Tedsters, a bunch of Ted speakers, plus organizers. So that was this, what they called it, uh, summer camp for Ted. You know, it was it was just spectacular. Um, so, and I've never been to Scotland, so I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. The, all the chances for, you know, Ted Global was there in in the UK uh, for for many years. Now it's it's in Africa, uh, so that's going to be great. So as we finish the show, uh, I like to finish on the hack, you know, which is uh, that thing that you do that uh, doesn't cost any money but it, it it really makes a difference in the experience and that could be for the speaker for the attendee uh whatever what's what's your hack i think when you know what you're hacking it's it's very important and a lot of the time it's hacking i'm tired and not just the physical type um and this normally would come not only from the volunteer team or the or the or the leadership team but even even sometimes the speakers even somewhere along the line it's a no i don't think i'm going to go ahead with this and knowing how to stop and allow somebody to be vulnerable in that space but still walk them through that trough is very important and how do you do that it goes back to us knowing our why it, it goes back to reminding people really of you know just infusing that sense of purpose and meaning and reminding them um of that gift that they're that they're bringing and it, it someone feels good about what it is that they're doing somebody remembers um the legacy they're leaving behind and things normally just just change from there it, it's it's not it's not big somersaults um, but it's it's quiet but very important instant of um, turnaround. It's reconnecting with that purpose and being very connected to it. Lolo, thank you that we've we've finally got our conversation. You've you've just been a real treat. Uh, I really have enjoyed this so much. Um, my my dream in the next few years, if I'm able to retire, is that every weekend um, I'm somewhere in the world at a TEDx. I, I, I so enjoy uh, the behind the scenes, but I love just sitting in about the fifth row center and just soaking up. There's something so different, as we all know, in watching and experiencing an entire day that's been well-crafted and well-curated and well-thought-out that is so different than watching one talk on your computer or on your phone. It's uh, it's a completely different experience. Um, I call it free range Ted, and uh, <laughs> because because people don't um, 
they don't quite understand until they, you know, one of my, my marketing lines on our one of our brochures is, have you ever seen a TED talk question mark? Do you want to see one live? Because people don't realize that it's a live thing that you can go to, right? And so uh, it's it's so much fun to bring that to them. It's so much fun to have these kind of conversations. Thank you so much for sharing the time with us. And you you drop some wisdom on us. I got to tell you that um, uh, lots of really good quotes that uh, I know that uh, are going to find their way into some other events who are going to be quoting Lolo from Havaroni uh, in Botswana. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being on the show. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle. Thank you.